0: Hey there friends, Jay Revel here. Welcome to another edition of Mid-Am Crisis. So glad to have you tuned in and listening to the show today. I've got one of my favorite folks to talk golf with here uh, for a wonderful conversation. He's my good pal, Matt Cardis. Matt is uh, best known for his Instagram handle, at golf in your state, where he chronicles his journey uh, really over the last four years going uh, all across America uh, originally in a Subaru Outback, now he's in a Sprinter van, but he goes from course to course, town to town, uh, connection to connection, and has made an incredible amount of acquaintances uh, and deep personal friendships with folks through the game of golf, and through social media he shares that story, in uh, particularly through his uh, wonderful photography skills. Uh, Matt is also uh, a wonderful videographer. He's just come off... Uh, a, a big year, even though in 2020 with COVID-19 you know, really wrecking so many plans, particularly those uh, who are in the uh, content creation game, Matt was able to uh, produce an excellent series with the United States Golf Association. Uh, it was the uh, tour uh, of eight different U.S. Open sites, taking the actual U.S. Open trophy from Wingfoot Golf Club all the way uh, to 2021's host site in Torrey Pines. And as always along the way, Matt has racked up a bunch of stories and all kinds of good tall tales that are worthy of sharing. I had just a blast catching up with Matt. It's been a minute since we've had a chance to talk. Uh, But I feel like everywhere I go uh, in the game of golf, Uh, I'll pull in the parking lot for some new adventure and I'll see this towering van on the other side there Uh, and when the door swings open out walks Matt Cardis with a big smile uh, and nothing but uh, uh, hope for good shots on the golf course. Again he's such a great guy I hope you're following him on social media if not I highly recommend it but he was nice enough to drop by and have a uh, about an hour-long conversation with me about Just that journey he's been on the past few years and where he hopes to go in the year ahead. So I hope you enjoy that conversation as much uh, as I did uh, having it. So as always, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you listening. Real quick, if you hadn't had a chance to go ahead and hit that subscribe button on your favorite uh, uh, listening device, I sure would appreciate that. And if you're enjoying the show, hope you'll leave us a review. Tell your friends about it. Uh, If you don't mind help spreading that word, it would surely uh, be something I'd appreciate. Anyway thanks for tuning in. much appreciated, and without further ado, here's our latest conversation on mid am crisis with Matt Cardis. Matt Jay, what's the word? Oh man, things are good. It's uh you know winter, but we're in Florida, so uh, <laughs> probably not as probably not as cold as we're here at.
1: lucky you, my friend. So you you have no idea
0: what I would do for fifty degree temperatures right now. I know. Right? I, I was I was just thinking. You know, uh, I get a little down when it's a little cloudy in fifty five, but uh, at least at least I'm out of the single digits.
1: Well, I woke up this morning. It was one degree here in Jackson Hole, so
0: <laughs> not much golf on the counter. Uh, no,
1: sir. no sir, no uh-huh. sir. That's uh.
0: Makes those, uh, uh, you know, primetime Hawaii golf tournaments look pretty uh, pretty appealing to you, I'm sure.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> you hit that on the head. Yeah. Well, how you been, bud? Doing real well. You know, taking a little time off, just kind of regrouping and recharging the batteries before I hit the road again here. And, you know, back home in Jacksonville, getting to do a little bit of skiing and snowboarding and all the things I love. And, yeah, yeah. doing real well.
0: I love it. You, you know, you're, you're like the Forrest Gump of, uh, uh, of golf to me. I feel like every time I go somewhere where there's, there's more than a couple of, uh, interesting people gathered, I, I look up in the, in the parking lot to see if I see that van towering and, and more times than not, there it is. And, uh, and then the door opens and here comes your big smiling face.
1: You know, I'll take that as a compliment, Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I try to be everywhere, but I'm only one man. So, <laughs> well,
0: you are everywhere, man. I love it. I mean, I, you know, uh, let's see. I think maybe the last time I saw you was probably about this time last year down in, uh, at the PGA show, which, you know, RIP for 2021. But, yeah. um, yeah, man, it's always good to see you. In, Hear about your adventures and where you're going, and I just I I love following along, you know, online with you know Instagram and some of the stuff you're doing. Just seems like you you know, even even though COVID was a you know pain in the ass for you know travelers, uh, you know your your brand of it was able to still get out and do some some pretty cool stuff last year.
1: You know, I've treated COVID like I do everything else. You know, there's a responsible way to go about everything in life, and you know, despite the pandemic and me being a full-time traveler, there were and is uh, an appropriate way that I can still conduct my business and do what I do and, um, you know, still be responsible about it. It's
0: been, uh, it's been a fun ride. I can say that much. (laughs) I like that. uh, The idea of, of a full-time traveler. Uh, How would you describe your your journey to becoming a full-time traveler?
1: You know, it was pretty much full-time right from the get.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, you know, and I, when I first started this, I, I took that initial trip, which, you know, I originally projected it was going to be a month or two and ended up six months on the road, right out the gates. And it, it's just kind of, it's kind of just progressed in that manner. You know, it's, uh, there there's no off switch in my world right like you know even being back here I've been home for a little over 2 weeks now and it's just like you know I'm itching to get back on the road and it's just the way it always is in my world is if I if I'm not moving I feel like I'm not working which it, it's it's a tough thing to to kind of draw the line between you know working and trying to to rest a little bit and it, it, there is no lines i guess is probably the best way to put it um it, it's just go all the time
0: what was you know when you first started when was that what was that first uh, uh... i started the uh, golf in your state in the fall
1: of 16 i left for my first trip uh september 27th of two 2016.
0: And how long into that journey
1: before you realized you were you were really cooking with something? You know, it was it was probably right around that first PGA show in January of uh twenty seventeen that you know, I didn't know anybody in the golf industry when I first started this. I, I kind of, you know, I had met Jordan Griggs, the dapper drive in North Carolina, just a couple of weeks ahead of that. And he had suggested, you know, you should go to the PGA show. And, you know, I, I didn't really know anything about it, and but I, I decided to attend and kind of just walked in and, you know, cold called a couple of brands that. I, that I liked and basically went in and nobody knew who I was <laughs> at that point. I had no following on Instagram and, um, you know, I just told them kind of what I was thinking, what, what kind of my vision for the future was. And, you know, i got a couple brands on board at that show. And that's really where I kind of saw, you know, the value and what I was doing and the uniqueness of it. And, um, you know, how people really did think, The overall concept of it was, was cool. Um, you know, it was, it was somewhere in that 2017 that, you know, I really kind of refined what the plan was, um, and and kind of stuck to my guns with, with where I am today.
0: What, when you're having those first conversations, what kind of, uh, uh, how were you framing this idea or this vision that you were you know, embarking on,
1: you know, I really set out at the beginning with the goal of being a a commercial golf course photographer, right? Like that was what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do was I wanted to photograph golf courses commercially and you know, it, it evolved. It definitely evolved. Um, but you know, walking in there, it was more about introducing myself, giving them a little background on who I am, why I'm doing this, why I think it's important to golf and, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been pretty humbling to see kind of, you know, what I've been able to accomplish in the past four years since starting this thing.
0: Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, I just, I love watching someone that I know, uh, you know, climb that you know ladder of success and there's only one way to do it. And that's by, you know, showing up every day and, you know, what's, what's kind of cool about you know, your process is when you're, a committed traveler like you are, you know, you just keep going. You just keep that, you know, find the extra mile. The next day you do it again. You go seek out interesting people, interesting places. And what it really is, is a system. And the more you do it, the more it generates opportunities. And so I, I it's so fun. You know, I think we met first time. Uh, I don't remember when that 16, 17 up there. It was, on that, Coast, it was, somewhere it there. was on that initial trip, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it, I mean, was, you were still it was towards the, uh, the end of it. Um, yeah, it was. I think it was like May of 17. I think that's I mean, right, yeah. Like that. We were up there for that um, um, Shindig um, Sugar Love Social Club event up there at Sweetens, which was just a, a ton of fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, you were still camping in the, uh, um, the Subaru back then, man. Yep,
1: yep. That was a yeah, uh, that was a really fun event. That was actually the first time I met Patrick Boyd and and Rob uh-huh. Collins as well. And yeah, it's always a fond memory from from the tent days was meeting those two gentlemen that morning <laughs> at Sweet Cove. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've had so many people that I met at at on that trip, and then I think when I went to the Ringer, like. Uh, a year later, um, that have just become great friends. It's just amazing. I don't know what it is about that place that, you know, pulls all us nuts together, but it's always cool to, you know, jump back in and, and see those, those, uh, friendly faces again, uh, there and in other places. And I mean, yeah, man, I mean, I just, I've love watching that progress. Now you've got the, you know, the, the big rig, uh, which I just think is a fantastic, a uh, piece of driving equipment. Um, how's how's that thing holding up,
1: man? It's been a, a complete game changer in my world. Uh, hashtag van life. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> it really
1: has. I mean, going from what I was in previously with the tent to the van, it, there's just so many simple luxuries that all of a sudden present themselves, right? Like having an indoor space. You know, having a place to sit. The tent was great, but, you know, you think about weather and if it's raining, it's, it, it becomes a, a really, really big challenge living in a tent on top of your car with all of your gear in your car, <laughs> where now I have, you know, a formal space that, you know, if the weather's bad, I can hunker down. And, you know, I got heat, I got electricity, I got running water, you know, just simple things that, you know, most people take for granted, but when you're living on the on the road full time, those things really do matter. And, you know, you talk about go, go, go. I mean, it's one of those things that allows me to keep my mental state strong, right? Because all that little stuff adds up over time. And if you're constantly chasing, you know, electricity, and, you know, doing this and doing that, it, it, it's, it, it wears you down over time, right? Um, you know, I have to think about everything as I'm moving through this about how I can keep the wheels turning, not only, you know, with the vehicle, but you know, my body and everything else, my my mental state, everything. And, you know, and I, I can, I can continue on, on, on a path. It, It allows me to do bigger and better things.
0: You know, shifting, uh, Tom Hanks references here, but I remember <laughs> Castaway? You going castaway on me? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. We're going castaway then. Exactly. You, you hit the nail on the head. I, I remember you told me uh at some point along the road that you had uh I can't remember if you had a bag that was stolen or my journal. But your journal, your journal yeah. was was taken. <laughs> and I remember, you know, you you were really upset about it and I felt like that was almost like your Wilson, right? I mean that was kind of your you know, your your companion of sorts that kind of kept you, you know, you talk about mental state and a place to document the challenges and, you know, what you're what you're going through and, and just, you know, who you're becoming as you're on the road. And I always really felt terrible for you when you told me that, because, I mean, I, I know as someone who writes a lot, I mean, you know you put a lot of, you know, personal effort into these things. And Yeah, what are some of the other big challenges? What was that like to lose that? And what are some of the other challenges you've you know faced out there on the road? I mean,
1: losing my journal at the time was, you know, the definition of heartbreak, right? Because, you know, I wanted, I put everything into that. It was basically a daily doc of, you know, the trials, successes, everything of this journey. And, you know, there was so much value in it that I wanted to share with the world about, you know, just chasing the dream, right? Here I am, you know, in my mid thirties working in a cubicle for a a media company doing advertising. I left a high paying job to start this basically went from, you know, the best job I could have here in Jackson hole to all of a sudden just being like, you know, I'm going to try this and we're going to see what happens leaving that and, and basically going out on my own completely new to an industry that, you know, I didn't know anybody in and and just kind of building this whole thing. And when I lost it, I was like, man, there, there goes that. Right. But then, you know, in hindsight, I'm really thankful for it because when I lost that journal, it, it, I made a, a conscious decision that, Hey, instead of writing this in a book, I'm going to use my Instagram as my journal. Right. So instead of, you know, writing things down on a daily basis, I started posting more and more on social using Instagram as my daily journal. Um, and it's something I've stuck to, to this day, basically showing people exactly what's going on in my world, whether it's, you know, a a success, a failure, whatever it might be, something humorous that happens on the road. (laughs) Um, so in the end I'm thankful for it. You know, the thing that really stings me is that I know somebody just threw that thing in the trash and had no interest in it. Um, it was in a computer bag. So obviously they thought there was probably something better in it than, you know, a bunch of books and notebooks and whatever. (laughs) Um, but yeah, man, it it was, it was devastating at the time, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it is one of those things, you know, you just kind of, never know what's going to be the the spark that or or necessity that um, results in, um, uh, you know, an improved creative process, right? And, you know, I think about that. You don't lose the journal. There's so many other opportunities that might have never, you know, presented themselves. Um, And, you know, look at you now.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's true. Like I said, if I hadn't started, you know, if the evolution didn't happen because of losing that in in kind of how I treated Instagram, um, yeah, who knows where I'd be. What's
0: it What's it like from your perspective? You know, you're you're posting on Instagram on a you know, on a daily basis. You're 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 documenting your journey. What's it like when you start noticing the engagement and the follower count, you know, going up pretty dramatically? What, what What's that experience like? You know, numbers
1: haven't been something that's
0: crazy important
1: to me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't post in my gallery every day. I'm not the typical guy on social by any means, right? The most important thing to me is to be posting to my story every day. Um, You know, I want the people that follow me to actually, you know, feel like they're part of this journey. And I've put a heavy emphasis on the story function of Instagram. Um, which obviously doesn't attract new followers. For me, it's more about, you know, entertaining the audience that I do have. Um, you know, it's great to see the whole thing grow. Um, but at the same time, I'm not the person that's there counting likes. and con, like, That's just not me. Um, you know, I get penalized a lot by social just because of the fact that I don't post for, you know, a week, two weeks at a time. Here, I've been back in Jackson Hole. <laughs> I think I've posted maybe two or three times since I've been back in three, two, three weeks. Um, But there's a time and a place for everything. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm on the road, it's a little bit of a different story. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's always great to see the engagement and, you know, I want, I want the audience to interact with me and, and, and so forth. And for me, that mostly comes through direct messages, you know, because of me so heavy in my story function Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, that's the important thing is that, you know, the the people that are following me are interested in what I'm doing. You know, I treat, I treat it as almost like a daily doc. Uh, I'm doing so much every single day that, you know, it's always, you know, posting from my experience from, from the day and keeping with that daily journal and so forth. So, yeah.
0: What kind of things do you find, you know, elicits the most connections with, your audience um when you're posting these stories along the road
1: you know it's it's usually the off the wall stuff (laughs) you know (laughs) with my with my audience being so golf related it's you know the golf course images always do do great but it's really kind of the trials and tribulations of living on the road that you know get the most engagement by far um which is always interesting to me, right? Because I never know when I post something, should I be putting this out there, or mm-hmm. like, how are people going to respond to it, and who knows what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, it's always it's always the interesting stuff. Uh, I I laugh because it's almost the embarrassing stuff
0: that, uh, <laughs> that usually garners the most attention. What kind of um, opportunities? You know, would can you say, hey, if if I weren't, you know, out here doing this crazy journey on the road, I would have never got a chance to do, you know, X. Um, I mean, I have to imagine that that list is getting fairly lengthy over time.
1: Uh, all of it, I guess, <laughs> you know, like I said, when I started this, I didn't know anybody in golf. I didn't know anybody that worked in golf. I didn't know anybody that worked for a golf brand. So, you know, all of everything that I've accomplished over the past four years really comes back to my involvement in social. Um, you know, the, you you can take our, our relationship, for example, you know, if I didn't take the opportunity to go to the shindig to come see you in Tallahassee, we probably wouldn't be on this call today. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could have showed up at the shindig and be like, Hey, nice to meet you and not really talk to you or whatever it was. And I'm a relationship guy. So when I have, you know, I said this in a, a recent video, the most important person in your life is the person in front of you at any given point in time. Somebody yeah. said that to me a long, long time ago and it it's held a lot of weight with me. Um, so I treat every single person that's in front of me like, you know, they're the most important person in my life. And, you know, I think that people pick up on that, right? If you're genuine and you really care about the people that you're talking to and want to hear what they would have to say and, you know, build that relationship, who knows where it's going to take you. Um, oh, yeah. And it, the funny thing is like... You know, Jackson Hole is a great example of this uh, in the fact that you don't know who anybody is, right? uh, Jackson's an interesting community. They say the billionaires are pushing out the millionaires. It's a very high-end ski resort. But you go to the bar and you sit next to somebody at at the cowboy bars wearing Wranglers, you have no idea who that person is. And I mean, you could treat them as, you know, they're a nobody or you could treat them as they're the most important person in the world and who knows who the, they could turn out to be one of those billionaires who's just hanging out under the radar. You know, you never know. You yeah. never know. Um, and so that's kind of how I just treat people in life. And I've been pretty amazed at the opportunities that have presented themselves to me over the past four years, just, you know, through me being this traveling I was going to say dirtbag,
0: but. Vagabond, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we Bagabond, call Vagabond, yes. That's yes, it. Vagabond, wanderlust. <laughs> the, um, I always, you know, laugh me. My, my friends at the uh, country club will give me shit because, you know, they'll they'll go, uh, they'll see me out there with, you know, someone like you and they'll go, oh, oh Rebel's got another one of his, you know, internet friends out here again. And, and I laugh, you know, because I'm like, look, I said, of all the things that I've been very blessed to have, you know, come my way, you know, through golf. One of the most important is these just really cool friendships and relationships. I've been able to create with people from all over the country that would have never happened, um, you know, without not just playing golf, but, but taking some, you know, taking some chances and going on a few adventures that, you know, I didn't really know what the hell I was going to get into. And it's, it's just been such a difference maker. Um, Big shout out I, to I, the four C capital city yeah. Country club. Oh yeah. I mean, what a special place that is. Uh, it's, it's home, man. Uh, I, you're I love a fortunate it. one. And I am. I'm, you know, to have that, you know, place three blocks from the house is, um, is really cool. And, uh, you know, this is the time of the week, you know, where I'm like, okay, ready to get out there Saturday morning. <laughs> see what, see what I get into today. Um, it's killing me not having, you know, the long, you know, days and, you know, when it's getting dark at, you know, five, five thirty it's just brutal, but you yeah. know, we'll, we'll, we'll be there soon enough. Yes, sir. Um, you know, again, talking about, you know, 2020 big year you had, I, I just love the work you were doing in partnership with the USGA. You were able to take a, uh, I guess you'd call it a very special guest on an extended road trip.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, one of one of the bigger opportunities i've had to date um you want me to just dive in and yeah. talk a little bit about it
0: yeah tell me about i mean i you know i want to know how that came about to begin with and then you know just some of the cool experiences you got to um you know participate in the, the formal name well, i guess it was the U.S. Open Trophy Tour, right? Yep. Is that kind of what it was
1: called? Yeah, presented by Lexus, U.S. Open Trophy Tour. Um, essentially, I had the U.S. Open Trophy in my possession for 24 days from coast to coast. We took it to eight different locations, uh, creating video content for the USGA relating to a sweepstakes that they did. So basically, they were doing a sweepstakes for uh, to win around it each of the eight locations. And uh, the locations featured. Essentially, what I was telling people on the road was that um, I've been hired as the official torchbearer of the U.S. Open trophy. So I'm picking it up at Wingfoot. I'm delivering it to next year's venue, Tory Pines, and we're taking it to other uh, locations that have either hosted a U.S. Open, a U.S. Amateur, or U.S. Women's Open, and will be in the next five years. Um, I mean, typically with the trophy tour, what they do is the previous year's winner takes it on kind of a, a couple week media tour prior to the U S open to build hype around the event. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately for me, uh, due to COVID Gary Woodland wasn't able to do what they tra- just traditionally designed as the trophy tour. Uh, so the USGA started looking for other opportunities and other ideas to do with it. And, you know, across my desk and I kind of built out what you ended up seeing in those videos. Um, you know, I was honored that I, I won the bid for the project. It was it was something I cared a lot about and really, really wanted. Um, and in the end, it was it was uh, it was a very special um, experience for me, for sure.
0: So what were some of the places that you were able to hit along the
1: road? So the eight locations were Wingfoot, Pinehurst, Oakmont, Aaron Hills, Cherry Hills, the Olympic Club, Pebble Beach, and Tory Pines.
0: So pretty good slice of America. Man,
1: coast to coast, corner to <laughs> corner. It was uh it was a long haul in twenty four days, I'll say that much.
0: No kid. So give me the route. Was was that? Were those that you just rattled off? Was that uh, yep. the order you yeah, went? Yeah,
1: that was the route that we ended up taking. You know, because of availability, um, you know, it would have been easiest. So we went from Wingfoot down to Pinehurst, back up to Oakmont, and uh, originally the plan was to go from Wingfoot to Oakmont, down to Pinehurst, and kind of do it in little like legs so to speak right the east coast Mm -hmm. leg and then the midwest leg and then the west coast leg and um some things got shuffled around so we ended up going to pinehurst second and then up to oakmont um you know it all ended up working out great in the end but you know 24 days straight um, basically we had two days of production one day of travel uh, for eight locations totaling 24 days by the end of it I was absolutely spent <laughs> well,
0: th- you know what a great reward though. That's you know I always feel like you know that sort of, you know when you're you you fall out into your bed and you're completely worn out, but you've got a real sense of accomplishment. You know, kind of to wrap yourself up in. That's a, that's a good sleep, you know. Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was a long push, and I, I'm one of those.
1: I mean, I'm used to it, right? But poor Kyle, like Kyle isn't used to that type of production schedule by any means. Um, you know, it's, uh, and then I followed that right up with, you know, two days off and then going to Ramsell for 36 days straight. So there was no kind of rest between projects either. Um, yeah, it's just been, it was a busy fourth quarter. That's for sure.
0: What were you doing down there in, uh, Rams Hill other than <laughs> bug, bugging my boy, Darren Bunt. So, uh, yeah, Rams Hill
1: brought me on to do uh, another one of my quarantine projects. So basically, you know, throughout 2020, what it, maybe I should just rewind to kind of March 2020 yeah. when, you know, the pandemic started. I kind of had a difficult decision to make, right? Like, what do you do as a full-time traveler during a pandemic? And I came up with this idea that I wanted to go isolate at golf courses. Um, you know, I could still be responsible going to a golf course and camping in the woods by myself and and so forth. And I reached out to a couple of places I love. You mentioned Sweetens Cove was one of them. Uh, I started out at Tobacco Road. So basically I spent eight days at tobacco road, North Carolina, where I kind of refined the plan. I, um, you know, I was at, I was at the players when, when they decided to cancel it. And it was there that I kind of had this decision to make, like, what am I going to do? Do I pack up and go, you know, to my, uh, where do I go?
0: (laughs) Please please tell me you were at the chain (laughs) smokers. I was not, (laughs) (laughs) um,
1: Yeah. So I decided to go up to Tobacco Road. I reached out to them. I was like, I just need a week to figure out what I'm going to do. And so I went up to Tobacco for eight days camping just outside the cabin there. And I ended up coming to this realization of, Hey, this could be a bigger opportunity to kind of, you know, everybody else is hunkering down. What, what could I do to one, you know, keep, People's mind off of this whole thing, right? Like, how can I, how can I be people's escape? Um, two, how can I, you know, stay safe in in this, you know, condition of the world at the time. And just came up with this idea of, Hey, I'm going to go there. I'm going to isolate. I can play, still play golf. I can still create content. I can entertain the audience. And, you know, it was there that I really came up with the decision to, to launch my YouTube. Um, you know, there, I felt like there was a bigger story to tell and it became kind of the my Island green series on YouTube for me. Um, so I spent eight days at tobacco road from there. I went to sweetens cove for 17 days uh Nine of those days, the course was closed due to flooding, so I was basically the only one out there, uh, with the exception <laughs> of the staff. From there, I went back to pinehurst uh I was at Pinehurst for forty five days uh I had realized after you know the twenty five days between tobacco and sweetens that I needed a laundry machine. I needed just some basic necessities of life, right? I could use some yeah. some a roof over my head, a bed and so forth. Um so I reached out to Talamore Resort and I ended up going back to Pinehurst for 45 days. Uh part of that I, I was camping um out at the pit. Um a little bit of it, I was at Talamore. It was just kind of like a combination of everything. From there, I went to the Outer Banks of North Carolina for two weeks. Then I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina for two weeks, worked my way back out west, um, and then went into the USGA project, and then out to Ransville for 36 days, and then Las Vegas for two weeks. Wow. I mean, just saying that in my head, just Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hell of a year. It, it really was. I mean, I think about all the cool things I did. I mean, so much time alone with my thoughts, but also so much time with cameras in hands trying to figure out what this looks like, what it is, how can this be entertaining, how can this showcase what I'm doing, all of it. It, it was It was a whirlwind, man.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you it, again it's that kind of you know time investment uh particularly with a creative mind like yours that just always turns into something good you know i mean you just never again you never know what it's going to turn into you just kind of know if you go and you have time and you have you know your creative tools available to you something cool is going to come of it and uh yeah. I've just, I've enjoyed watching, you know, just your sort of this expansion of the things that you're putting out. I mean, world. That's,
1: really, that's really well said. I mean, this whole thing for me is, you know, I'm not staging anything. I'm not scripting anything. I'm basically just documenting my daily life as, you know, I'm passing time during a pandemic. And, you know, I think overall it's turned out really, really fun. Um, you know, people seem to really be enjoying the
0: videos and
1: it's been, uh, it's been a hell of a ride, I can say that much.
0: So what's this year look like for you? What's what's going kind of on you know, in I got
1: a couple more. You know, the pandemic is is definitely been uh still a challenge in my world, right? Like my hope was to get my my the golf wall project back up and running, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm still just not comfortable organizing events and hoping that people are comfortable enough to attend them. Um, so I'm continuing on with my path. I, um, uh, prospecting courses right now. I have a couple things in the coffer, um, for some more quarantine docs this year. Um, you know, I'm continuing on the path that I've been that I've been on for the past, you know, six months. Um, I do have a couple ideas bouncing around of some off the wall stuff that hasn't been done before. Um, you know, I'm constantly trying to challenge myself to to come up with some new and creative content and, and concepts around travel that I'm not seeing anyone else doing. Um and it's where I feel like, you know, I get inspired the most is a, a completely blank slate that nobody's seen before, right? Um mm-hmm. the unfamiliar always is appealing to people, I think, and it's something I constantly challenge myself with. Um so I've been digging into a couple different ideas. Um I'm not ready to talk about quite yet, but one of them could be starting as soon as about three weeks from now.
0: <laughs> no yeah. that's fun
1: um
0: so when 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 you're out there you know van life in it what are what are some of your uh <laughs> What are some of your favorite hacks that help you get by? I'm I'm sure you got a list of them. You know, the Wi-Fi
1: poach is probably the biggest in my world. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I got unlimited data on my phone. I use my mobile hotspot a lot. But, you know, strong Wi-Fi with doing, you know, data transfers and so forth. Um, You know, I've got really, really good at poaching Wi-Fi on the road. Um, You know, there's so many. I mean, I, I, as much as I probably don't need to, I, I always look for how can I, how can I get things for free? So, you know, (laughs) it it almost becomes a challenge in my world, right? That how how can I eat breakfast for free this morning? Well, (laughs) um, you know, I've I've come up with so many different random things that I don't often post them, but uh, it's uh, <laughs> you know it, it it keeps life on the road entertaining for me when I when I set these certain challenges up, right? <laughs> um, you know, there's certain things that don't last very long in the refrigerator, right? Like, yeah, like oh, yeah. I, uh, butter butter is a great example. Like, you know, I don't need to be the one to buy a whole thing of butter because I don't use it that often. So I, I would much rather, you know, find somewhere that I can get the little individual butters and get enough that I need. And when I need more, I'll go find more. Um, yeah. So little things like that, you know, there's so many, Jay.
0: (laughs) I love it. That's, that's, uh, you'll have to make a chapter or two out of that <laughs> in the book one day because you know, I feel like I, as I asked you that question, I remembered one that you told me that I, I, I still oh, laugh I'm at every now and then. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it was, I think it was centered around, uh, you know, continental breakfast yep. at a, uh-huh. uh, at a hotel. <laughs> All the time. All the time. We, yeah, just come waltzing in there and wave at them. Yeah, I mean, if you, it's
1: like anything <laughs> else. So if you act like you belong, nobody's gonna <laughs> say anything, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Well, that's particularly true. And I don't want I people like, to perceive too, right? this I mean... as I'm
1: cheap either, because I'm not.
0: it's creative.
1: For me, it's more about the challenge in keeping things, you know, fun, right? Where mm-hmm. if you know, I didn't do things like that, it would, uh you know, it wouldn't be as entertaining on the road. And (laughs) yeah. Yeah. People are going to listen to this. They're like, he
0: is the cheapest. I mean, I mean, it's, it's real though. I mean, you think from, you know, bathrooms and, you know, showers and all, I mean, just, you know, you just got a lot of things you got to get pretty, pretty clever at, you know, and, and there is a unique, um, for those of us who like spending a lot of time on the road, there is a, there is a unique culture, you know, it just in and around that right. That you see, um, you know, it, it, it pops its head open and, you know, at, at, at hotels and rest stops and, you know, greasy, you know, fork diners and just all these places where the road people hang out, you know, it's just, it's always interesting to me, you know, to kind of talk to the people that are the, the you know, board.
1: I call myself a travel expert for a reason, right? Like you know, it's one mm-hmm. of those things that life on the road isn't easy, but you know, when you do learn about certain things, it, it becomes easier. And you know, restrooms is a great example, right? Like you got to be willing to to you know, uh, forego luxury. I guess is probably the best way to describe it. Like, yes, the van has a yeah. bathroom. I don't use the toilet in in the van because it's also, you know, my studio. Um, Pre-COVID, I would constantly have people in the van. Um, and it just felt a little too close to home to me. Um, uh-huh. So I've always chosen to use, you know, external restrooms, which is fine um showers pretty fortunately you know I, I work in golf so i'm often at golf clubs which have showers um you know it's uh it is an interesting life on the road to say the least
0: <laughs> well i i you know there there are some people who i feel like do not have an appropriate appreciation for the golf club shower but man uh when you find a good one boy that that's uh that's always worth, uh, you know, making a uh, note it of. It
1: right? is 100% worth taking a note of. And it is something that I will remember forever. And it works on the flip too. <laughs> There's bad ones out there too. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. So you, you do over time, you know, I've been doing this full time for four years now over time. I've kind of, you know, develop this list of, okay, this place is awesome. You know, it's one of the reasons I fell in love with Mm -hmm. Piners, you know, when I first went to Piners, I realized it had everything that I needed. And, you know, you don't find that a Hmm. lot in, in public access resort courses like that. Right. Um, You know, they were comfortable with me sleeping in the parking lot and it just kind of like led to, I can go there and it has everything that I can want. And they're not going to give me a hard time about any of it. Right. And, you know, over the years they saw me constantly coming back and it just kind of led to where our relationship is today. And, you know, there's so many factors that go into it, but you know, what really started it was it's a safe place to sleep. They have a shower, they have a restaurant. I can go in the clubhouse and work. Those are all big boxes for me, right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, places that I can go sleep in the parking lot comfortably and know that nobody's going to come up and hassle me. It, it's it's a huge, huge find. Um, and fortunately, like I said, through four years, so I got places like that all over the country. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's cool. Pinehurst is is a is a unique place. I feel like it's um just the, everyone I've ever met that's working there from there or or whatever, just, there's a, there is a unique sense of hospitality in that, in that, um, in that place that I, I just always find very attractive.
1: I mean, it is hospitality driven at its finest and they do a really, really good job of, you know, not only, not only making everyone have a very similar experience there, um they also do a really good job of you know showcasing what they have to offer um so you know everyone that goes there knows exactly what you can have as far as an experience and what that experience can look like does that make sense
0: yeah oh totally set so you know that leads me to a good point right or a good question is when you think about all these places you've been, what are some of the things that you can say, you know, without a doubt are, you know, difference makers, right? Like, you know, Hey, when I find a place that um, has this sort of mentality or this sort of approach uh, to their golf offerings, I know it's going to be, you know, incredible and keep me coming back. And what what are some of the things that come to mind? Mm -hmm.
1: Ask that question again. Frame that one more time. I, I, I
0: yeah, I, I guess maybe the way I would I would frame it, Matt, is what are the things that you notice maybe that are universal truths about the best places for golf that you've come to that you've come across, right? I mean, the commonalities between the best golf experiences that you've uh, had a chance. to I think, to I think in. you can tell it right off the bat. It, it's the sense of pride,
1: right? You, you can tell in talking uh-huh. with a staff member. For two minutes, whether or not you're going to have a good experience based on their endorsement of their product. Right. You know, you walk into a place like Pinehurst, the sense of pride is real there. And for good reason. Same thing. You know, you talk about sweetens. Mm-hmm. As I look at the really good golf courses around the country it starts with walking into that clubhouse and you can tell right off the bat, if that person you're speaking to is prideful about their job and if they are,
0: you know that you're in for a good experience. That's a great way to put it. I I've always framed that a lot. Yeah. I, in a former life, I did a lot of work you know, in and around the space of um, you know, great cities and downtowns and what make them work. And, you know, I've always said that you know when you can find that innate sense of pride, um, and you can sense, you can feel it the, the minute you arrive, right? I mean, you can tell whether a place really you know takes pride in in their presentation. Um, uh, you know, as soon as you as soon as you set foot somewhere, and uh, I think that's a great great point about golf too. I mean, like I think about Sweetens again. You know, I I feel like that I talk about them a lot, but. Um, you know, even back in the day, you know before they had some of the improvements they now have, you know, when they still had the Porta John shedder out there. I mean, you know, there was a lot of pr- they were awfully proud of that place. And I and it was almost this sort of really cool juxtaposition. It's like, man, you got a Port-A-John out here and uh, you know, this this, you know, Home Depot shed for a glovehouse and they couldn 't have been more proud of it. you know if you 'd asked them you 'd have felt like you 'd walked in it goes man. beyond
1: the the you know amenities right they they knew that oh, they yeah. knew from the very beginning that they built a damn good golf course, and you know mm-hmm. it, over time it 's finally got the recognition that it deserves but you know when we first rolled in there, you know the first time I went there it was just a sleepy little nine hole in the middle of nowhere that nobody knew about. Right? <laughs> like it, but mm-hmm. like, yep. talking with Patrick and Rob, they knew they had something special. And, you know, once I hit three golf balls on that golf course, I knew that they were right. And, you know, it's one yep. of those things that I think, you nailed on the head with, you know, it, it doesn't, when you look at cities or you look at towns or, anything, you're gonna find those people that are really, really proud of where they are, why they're there, what it has to offer and and what makes it special, right? Like I, I immediately start thinking about the US Open Trophy Tour and going to a place like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is probably one of the most prideful communities there is. And you know, it's it's a city that's overlooked by a lot of people in the country. But you know, you get into that community and you see how many people are passionate about this place and you know, how highly they're going to talk about, you know, so many different aspects of the city and then you actually go experience them and you're like, wow, they're right. Right. Like it's, um, I I think it does pride, pride's a real thing. And, you know, it's tough to have a conversation with somebody, externally about a golf course, because then all of a sudden opinions come in, right? You know, regardless, Uh you you uh go to, you go to wherever it it, it could be anywhere. And I, I say that I played X course and another gentleman that also went to the same place, played Y course. And he thinks Y course is better than X course. And he's adamant about it and won't, won't budge a bit. But then you talk to somebody that worked at X course and has played Y Course, and you know, you can see like a different shift in in, in the pride based on the fact that they lived there, they worked there, they were invested in it, right? Um I don't know. I'm just rambling now.
0: No, I get I, I think you're dead on. I mean, I, I I totally agree. And and you know, I think, you know, people like yourself, um, there's a unique perspective to that too. Right. So as someone who is a, you know, creative professional, uh, a photographer, uh, you know, videographer, you know, you're, you're constantly producing things, um, you know, out of, out of thin air. And so, you know, in order to to feel good about what you're you know, putting out in the world, um, you know, you gotta have, you gotta take pride in your work. Right. So, you know, I feel like that translates very well. Um, Tell, t- talk to me from that lens for a second. Uh, no pun intended. You know, from a photography standpoint, um, what what is it about? You know, your what, what's your approach to photography? So when you go and you you're photographing a golf course or uh, a gathering or whatever, what are the things you look for? Um, you know, to try to frame up a picture that can um, you know contain a thousand words? details. So details. 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 It's always details, right? Everybody's
1: seen the big, beautiful mm-hmm. core shots of, you know, a golf hole. But how can you dissect it and, you know, find the intricacies that people may have overlooked? Because um, it's it's the combination of all those intricacies that make it beautiful as a golf hole altogether, right? So, you know, I'm always looking for, you know, I just had this conversation with a client in the fact that they have this huge bank of beautiful golf course imagery. And I'm like, but you don't have any of, you know, those, those details that make up that beautiful package that you already have. And they're like, I never thought Mm -hmm. of it like that. Every time we hire a photographer, we just want to have that boom, that, that image of a golf hole that showcases, you know, this is what it is. Right. And they're like, yeah, we, we, Whatever, it doesn't matter what the client says. Um, I shouldn't say that. It matters what the client says. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what that particular conversation is. Um, but I always walk right. in like wanting to find things that one, people haven't shot before, two, you know, what's going to be appealing to the audience and the eye, um, and three, just kind of like, you know, something different, right? It, it's, it, I, I feel like my style is, is pretty unique. Um, and you know, it's, I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for the details. I'm looking for the foregrounds, you know, shooting players. I'm looking for that candid interaction, um, whether it's with their golf swing or with other players or with the group of people or whatever it might be. Um, there there's a lot that goes into it right like you know i was uh road mapping a project that i'm doing and it it's been shot so many times and i'm trying to really differentiate you know my work versus other things that have been done and it's something that i spend a lot of time thinking about right ahead of project um, how can I go into this place and spend a couple days and capture something completely different than what they already have? I mean, a lot of people are, mm-hmm. they want a specific thing. So sometimes it does take me kind of, you know, talking them through what's the advantage of doing something like this. And, uh, you know, in the end, I feel like most people are are really, really happy with it. Um, Cause it gives them a, a completely different look at something that they've seen 10,000 times.
0: No, well, I think that's incredibly well said. You know, I, from my perspective, right. If I'm writing, you know, I go somewhere, I, you know, there sometimes, you know, just, there's you know the necessity that you're there for maybe um, only a few hours or a day. And, you know, you got to try to crank something out, but you know to me, when things really um, emerge, you know the really good stuff comes out is when you're able to sort of you know do kind of like what you do, probably not on the same you know uh, uh, length of time, but when you can embed somewhere and really get to know it, you know spending you know multiple days there and really paying attention to the details, like you said you you start to as you're sitting there at night staring at the ceiling thinking about it. You start to find um, a different set of things that uh are memorable, right? You know, the things that are mm-hmm. that are beyond the obvious uh that you keep kind of getting drawn back to. And then you go, Okay, that's the story, that's the picture I want to take. That's the you know, that's the painting that we need to uh uh deliver here is, is is those little things that um uh you might walk by and unless you're kinda paying a little a little bit better attention. Um, I mean, you should you, see you miss. how much
1: detail I get into with my shot list. <laughs> it, it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty staggering. I mean, I showed, I showed my Rams Hill shot list to somebody and they were like, I would have never even thought about that. And, you know, I break it down as far as, you know, there's different categories and, you know, I'll, I'll go as far you sit you hit that really well. And the fact that I'll be laying in bed and be like, that lip of that bunker is just really cool.
0: And then I'll like, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You
1: know, high side lip, green side bunker. And somebody will look at it and be like, why is that on your shot list? <laughs> well, it's really appealing. It's really different. And you know, I think that it, it, if it's captured the right way, it could be, you know, captivating. But it's not something that I think most people would put onto a shot list. (laughs) Um, But, you know, me trying to check off and and capture as much as I can, it's coming to me at all times. Right. I feel like the more time I spend on a property, the more I'm digging deep into the details of it. And, you know, playing intricacies, Uh you know, you play the same course five times. All of a sudden you start seeing it a little bit differently um you know i can use tobacco road as a great example of that my nephew was just there my nephew lives in new york he caddies out at maidstone and he just did a road trip with one of his buddies and he hit me up and was like hey i'm going to tobacco road today any advice i'm like play it twice (laughs) that's the only thing i'm gonna say is don't don't play 18 holes there and leave you gotta play it twice and he's like why And I was like, well, you're going to see, you're going to have a lot of blind shots. You're going to lose some golf balls on your first round. And then you'll know where to hit the ball on your second round. And he didn't do it, which I was bummed by. He only played 18. And he's like, (laughs) but I understand. I talked to him after the fact. He's like, I understand why you said that, right? But then, your ball all of a sudden ends up in different spots, and you see bunkers from a different perspective and you know the biggest thing that that I enjoy doing is you know walking every single piece of turf I can right so you know yeah. leave the golf bag, take your camera gear, hike the hills, you know tobacco's a beast, but you know, you start if you yeah, start yeah. getting up and down all of those hills. You're gonna be in for a treat if if you're willing to put in the effort to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and there's so many little you know. I always call it like you know the the vignettes of a golf course, right? Oh, that yeah. place is loaded with them. You know, uh, you know when I was up there with you know Mark working on that piece for the Golfers Journal, you know, in 2019 he took me around. Yeah. You know, like, gosh, I don't know. I probably ended up playing it about four times and, you know, just seeing those different holes from so many different angles. And, and, you know, he even took me to a few places that were sort of like, almost like out in the woods. Yep. And he said, look at this from here. And you could really see that idea of what, you know, strands had this concept of 360 degrees of design, right? Just you're not going to be able to look at this golf course from any angle without seeing it, you know, the way I want you to see it, which I just thought you know, was so you and, cool. You and I um, are but yeah that's a one of the
1: few, Jay, that have actually got to spend time with Mark like that. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. He is, um,
1: he is one of yeah, my favorite we, people. Uh, um, uh, I, I love that place. We definitely have a, a very, very close relationship and – you know, I've spent a lot of time on ground with the staff there walking the property and, you know, I believe you got a chance to see the sketchbook as well, didn't you?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I a, mean, that's we're a, one of... Uh, we're um, one of the few you know, that have, relic.
1: got the opportunity to see that book. And, you know, it, I get chills just talking yeah. about it, thinking about it because of how uh-huh. special of an opportunity that was to sit down with him and go through the book and, you know, see yeah. where Strance's head was at and kind of what he did to create such a beautiful golf course. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's the kind of, you know, relationship that emerges when you uh are a golf nut and always want to be on the road and go go hang out yeah. in a <laughs> period of time, right? Oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, it's just so good catching up with you. Uh, I can't wait till our paths cross again and uh hopefully uh you know as we 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 get through the pandemic and uh back to some longer days uh when we're both out you know crisscrossing the country that will
1: yeah I'm that the, will happen uh, soon
0: i'm hoping to find my way down southeast at
1: some point this year uh i, um, I am know, definitely you know the way to talent i haven't been to the panhandle i think since that since the time we played uh you know i've yeah yeah i i'm due for a return for sure
0: wow well, Come on and uh, slide on down the parking lot <laughs> in the shower. I It's it. exquisite. <laughs> cool, man. Well, Matt, um, again, really excited for you and all the great things you got going on. Can't wait to see what you stir up in 2021. And uh, I'll look forward to uh, hopefully taking a good That's, long yeah, walk with you, you somewhere along the way. All right, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Cheers, pal.